Hello. Hello. Yeah. Hi there. Welcome to Crit Apocalypse episode 23. Yeah, 23. Yeah, there was a question mark on the end of that one because I'm not quite sure. We are a podcast, we're bi-weekly and we review things that we've done, seen, said, heard or, you know, actively produced, I guess. Yeah. Yeah? All right. Um, as always, if you like the podcast, like, comment, sh- subscribe, share, whatever. You're, you're not at the point yet. For them to yeah, they're not at yeah. our point yet where they have an opinion, but yeah. it's always nice to mention that because people don't actively subscribe and comment on this we, we've literally had no one talk to us about what we're doing we've been doing it for weeks and weeks and weeks and days and days and days and years and years and years and so what we do we review things that we've had the joy of coming into contact with usually yeah over the last two weeks yeah I don't think we've been overly negative the whole time we've been doing this I don't know I'm pretty negative you're not that negative I'm reviewing you right now. You're Suck. pretty lazy, but yeah. not negative. I'm busy, man. I got... You're not busy. You keep using jobs. This. I have a job. All right. Son of a bitch. All right. So um, this week, I'm going to start with a simple review about thatched roofs. It's coming to that time of year where it's hot. It's hot. Why are you reviewing thatched roofs? Don't ad lib. Just do the review you're going to do. Okay. This. What actually ties together, kind of. I my first review this week is the live action movie Attack on Titan. Oh, colon, part one. Is it actually called part one? Yeah, probably. It's got part one in there somewhere. Anyway, what the fuck? If you've seen the anime, you know the story. But just in case you haven't, let me fill you in. Gundam, we we meet monsters. Let me fill you in like a fucking donut. So what happens is there is a world in Germany. I believe. It's not in Germany in the film, though. In the film, it's in Japan. Yeah. So, basically, there's this world that exists where technology has ceased and people have gone back to a more feudal, medieval world, except for some technologies. We'll get into that in a second. In this world, they've built these massive walls to stop these giant people that are called Titans, have no genitalia and seem to have exposed flesh left, right and centre and be of varying sizes, all averaging about... 50 foot high, give or take. These monsters come and they attack and they eat people. And people have only one defense, which are these um, cannons, which are ineffective because the titans regenerate at a very fast rate. And a mobile gear, which is essentially a grappling hook system that you can fire and control the speed at which you retract the cable that's fired it's to cause It's called 3D manoeuvring gear. 3D manoeuvring gear is the official title. Or omnidirectional gear, if you... Omnidirectional gear. And oh, these massive special. swords that they use to cut away at the nape of the neck to kill the monsters. Because that's the only way you can do it. Giant monsters attack village, people are held up in a village, there's lots so, of people in the world. We're mm. introduced to Eren, who is a young man whose life is shattered by the arrival of these monsters when he loses his young... His mum. His mum and his sister. Yeah. In the movie, it's a little bit different. He kind of causes the first attack by being out there because he, unbeknownst to the audience and himself, has a certain power that coincides with the appearance of the Titans. Now, this is a live-action reproduction, so there's a few interesting things in there that they've done to tell this story, but mostly it is the first six episodes of the anime. Maybe eight. Six or eight episodes of the anime. What does it get up to? Gets up to him realising his power... And being inside of the Titan, but not them knowing exactly that he has that power. Yeah. So he's had his first fight with... So about 10 episodes in. About 10 episodes yeah. in. Um, we get a very, very short version of his training. We get a little bit of backstory, but all in all, they've changed it ever so slightly from the anime, where Eren is determined to get revenge on the Titans for the murder of his mother. In this, Eren is not so much determined, but more fearful... I feel like this is a direct representation of a studio going, that Evangelion was was oh, really popular. Shit. So Evangelion was really popular and it's still really popular. We need to make it like that. So made him a little bit scared. And it just doesn't work. But that's that's really just the beginning to the problem. Um, but when I said interesting stuff that they've created, in this film, one nice aspect is they've used actual actors as the Titans... So instead of having like CGI monsters, you've got these people running around in the Titan makeup yeah. that are put into the environment. They're a bit like the old Godzilla films, but, but instead of having guys a little... direction, it's direction the new Godzilla film. What? Uh, yeah, yeah, the new American, new Japanese one. Oh, that's not, not, not good news, I don't think, because he didn't handle the action very well when it comes to the humans well, fighting the things. Apparently so, from what I've heard, the Titans are probably the best thing in the film. 
Yes and no. They are so disconnected. And you know how in the in the anime, if they saw a person, that was their food source, they'd go for it. Yeah. In this, they seem to chop and change as to who they're going <laughs> for. If there's someone 25 feet away, but then there's someone 3 feet away, they'll go for 25 over 3 for some fucking reason. Um, and because also, action. Also, everything has this horrible grey filter to it as soon as they come in. Japanese films do now. They all look Is that horrible. since Cass Hearn? That's it's, like yeah, since Cass Hearn. The Japanese films over the last like ten years or so have just lost yeah. all their artistry. Basically, since Kassan. I can't think of a single director in Japan that's like still putting out great work. Like ever since Satoshi Kon died, like it's all gone I to hell. Um, he's the guy who directed Perfect Blue, Millennium Actress, Tokyo Godfathers, Akira? and Paprika. And they're not Akira. I love Akira. Great. Film. He does fuck all now. Great film. But um, uh, yeah. So it's uh. It's difficult to recommend. If you're looking for a Japanese horror film about um, kaiju and giant monsters, any Godzilla film, except for Son of Godzilla, which is a steaming pile of cunt rag. I'd, I'd recommend Godzilla, Mothra and King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All Out Attack, otherwise known as GMK. Probably the best recent Godzilla. I'd recommend recent. Godzilla 2000. <laughs> Godzilla 2000? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, but no, um, all in all, there are better films out there that do this, but... If you're interested in Attack on Titan, there there seem to be a lot of people really interested in the series. The anime is all right. It's, it's not great. I don't think it's the best thing that ever, ever. I put it on the same level as Death Note, which I think is overhyped like crazy. I really like the manga. Well, Death Note. Yeah. Yeah, Death Note's like it just gets silly. Yeah. And I and think the it, manga does that better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, to to put Attack on Titan on a pedestal seems strange to me when you've got Parasite currently. Yeah. Being yeah, that's had its twenty-five episode run. Pretty I'd much like kill a kill over it. No, because kill a kill has that perverted streak to it that just <laughs> yeah, but it kind I of, can't get on. I can't watch that. It's perverted and empowering at the same time. No. It's really weird. It's got that bayonet no, thing going on. No, it doesn't. It's written by a forty-year-old man who really wants to see schoolgirls naked, and yeah. it's so fucking weird. And and it reminds me so of Ultimate prevalent. Teacher, <laughs> and that's why it's weird. But anyway, I would, before I'd recommend Attack on Titan, I would recommend something like Shut Up. I would recommend something like Fuck's sake. I would recommend something along the lines of Parasite, which is yeah. um, a lot. I think the film's terrible. The film to Parasite is terrible. It's the same case. They don't really translate well to live action, mm. which makes me worry about Akira that's coming out soon. They'll never do that. They are. It's not that's, that's been planned. But um, but Parasite the anime is fantastic. It's really good. Mm. It gets the characters right, gives you a sense of who they are, and also it flits between the lines of someone questioning their morality and humanity, whilst also dealing with a situation that's way beyond anything they could ever comprehend. Um, but when it comes to Attack on Titan, yeah, I just don't know where the popularities come from. It's, it's fine. I've watched all the, of um, it. What is it? The military police look like SS troops, yeah. don't they? Yeah. It's just stupid. And Macassar's like... They got rid of um, one of the characters. Can't remember his name. The one who's always clean and everything. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, the blonde kid. No, 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 no. That's um, Armin. The um, One of the soldiers. I can't remember his name. He's one of the most popular characters, but it's been quite about a year since I watched the anime. Kanji or something. I can't How remember. long has it been out then? Because I've only recently finished watching it. Like, the it anime came out early, well, late 2013. Okay. Yeah, cause... the new series starts next year. Okay. But yeah, I'd recommend, recommend Parasite first. If you're an anime fan, <sighs> I'd do yourself a favour and watch Parasite. But if you're if you're looking for something that's got kaiju in it, like large scale, yeah, even Jellion. If you're looking for something with battles with soldiers in it, then, um, oh fuck, what was the name of that? Spriggan. Spriggan is one of the best movie. films about that. Yeah, this is just, it's hard to recommend. It's a very poorly made film, and it's got a very high budget, and it's the turnaround on this coming out was so quick. Yeah. It was like literally, oh, this is popular, let's get this fucking out there. Let's get this Japanese done. make film very quickly. Yeah. Japanese make film very quick, and you racist. Yeah. What are you doing? What's yeah, this? I'm just done whiskey. Alright, anyway, so I uh, I give this a Jacob's Cream, cra- cream Cracker. Yeah. This exhausts me. I find it hard to... <laughs> And um, we're Jacob's Cream Cracker with nothing on it. Yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah, no butter even. Unsatisfying, yeah. it's dry, and it doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah. I mean, if it had some bit, cheese on it? That's the that's the thing. Yeah. If you added cheese, if there was some camp to this, yeah. it'd be great. Yeah. But there are so many capable people making this, and it's come out like a reverse sandwich. See, I like some Marmite on my crackers. <laughs> But not everyone likes that. When I that. say it's like a res- reverse sandwich, everything that's decent is on the outside, but there is just nothing keeping it together. Yeah. The bread is in the middle, and that bread is useless if nothing's <laughs> in it. <laughs> it's, but, the, um, it's the middle slice of bread in a triple decker burger. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a Big Mac. If someone said, you know what this Big Mac me- needs? It needs to be outside in. 
What's that burger? What's that American KFC has that double down. Oh yeah, double down. It's just chicken, chicken yeah. on chicken on burger on yeah. bacon. Um, um, but yeah, I wouldn't recommend Attack on Titan. There's there are better animes to watch and there are better films, live action animes to watch. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'd even recommend fucking. Um, God, what was the Giver? Giver. Oh. I'd recommend Giver one and two before I recommend Mutronics. <laughs> fucking Mutronics. As the first Giver film is called Mutronics over here. Yeah. That's one of my favorite films when I was a kid. Really? Fucking love that. The is it the puppet one with Mark effects, Yeah. The puppet <laughs> effects in that film are amazing. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, and the sequel, The Giver Dark Hero, with David Hater in it. It's brilliant. Yeah. Really. Good. That's, yeah. It's like it's someone who the guy who made that is a guy who made um, a film called Drive, not the one with um, Ryan Gosling. It was a martial arts film with Mark Dacascos and okay. Brittany Murphy. Yeah. Um, and that guy understands Japanese cinema, action cinema, like um, Power Rangers style and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And he got it. There's like, just the fighting in Guy of the Dark Hero is like... It's really brilliant. good. It's, like, it's guys in suits, but it's guys in suits. And he understands well. those those key little moments, those sort of comic booky. Fist of the North Star. Freeze frame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hell's yeah. Gary Black Daniels. Mask, Woken's Black own Gary Daniels. Starring Rob which, Van Damme. Yeah. <laughs> Black Mask 2, in which a fucking uh, martial artist who wears a black mask takes on mutant robot monsters who are, who are in daytime martial arts wrestlers. Yeah. Classic. So much fucking better. But uh, yeah, I, I can't recommend this, but on to you, Anne. And oh. on to your review. Um, all my stuff's going to be really short this week, I think. Oh, really? Because <laughs> I've done hardly anything. I've been away for half the week, hence the lack of videos on the channel. I'm going to review mobile games soon. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> um, I'm going to start with, though, um, a free game that's on Game Jolt and Itch.io and all over the place. Anywhere where you can download free, like developers chuck their games up free. Game Jolt, mostly. I don't know any of these places. Um, it's a game called No Man's Run, and it's a sort of endless runner... 3D. Yeah, it's wireframe. Sort of, no, no, no. It's like it's all got. It's got a graphical style that looks similar to No Man's Sky. That's what it's based oh, okay, on. Okay, yeah. It was part of a game jam thing, um, and it's kind of like an endless runner thing. Where all you got to do is dodge poles that come towards your gates. You jump over. Okay. Um, and it's procedurally generated. Um, really cool game because it's got a high score system on, on it. And there seems to be really a finite limit to where anyone can get. It seems to get impossible. Okay. After a certain amount. Um, and me and a couple of YouTubers, Ducks Ahoy, Cardinal Smith, and Under the Moons, have all been competing against each other to try and beat each other's scores. Um, I gave up rather early because that's what I do. <laughs> um, but- so you're not like me and that Flappy Bird's climbing release yeah. by that fucking. Oh, yeah. Maverick Bird yeah. by Terry Kavanagh, one of the best clones of a game ever. I got so good at that game, and then yeah. I just... I, He's got a new game coming along soon. Man. Really? He's doing a game jam thing this weekend. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really simple thing. and Every time you play through it, it seems really slow at first and basic, and then you go through the gates and it paces up. Some levels are set underwater, so it kind of gets this... The music goes all underwater as you're in there okay. and stuff like that. Like Brody Quest. Yeah. It's kind of, <laughs> but it's really cool, like, just Brody Quest. <laughs> It's a really cool little thing. It does have this problem though. It, he says it's unfair because he literally just made this thing and chucked it together. Yeah. Um, but it does get to the point where it's like really ridiculously unfair. Like there's no way you could beat it mm. <laughs> at that point. The gates are too close together for you to jump between them or over them or anything like that. Um, sometimes gates are on inclines that you can't possibly jump over them. Um, but yeah, I think he's cobbled it together. It's procedurally generated. Stuff goes wrong. Sometimes like trees that are in the scenery take up the entirety of the track. Like they oh, really? go over the track. Um, but for a free little thing and having the little leaderboard thing in there it's quite fun because it's got short enough a leaderboard for you to really compete with people is it like a do you, can you compete by Twitter and by Facebook and stuff no you just literally when you get to the game you put your name in whatever name you want and it will come up on their website straight away because um, like Ducks Ahoy got fourth placed on there and yeah. I came up like fifth or something like that and then the others kept beating me but yeah. um, there was one guy who had like 12,000 metres is the distance he got and See, yeah, this is why I don't up. play these games because I get too competitive. Yeah. It's like me and Tekken. It becomes a physical fist fight at one point. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, a free thing and it's good. I did find the one on Itch.io didn't have the high score thing in it. The one on Game Jolt did. Okay, so Game so, Jolt instead of Itch.io. Yeah, but um, really cool little game. Something that some guy's made over a weekend in a game jam and he's yeah. like, he's added a few extra things to it since to try and tidy it up a bit. Yeah. Um, it's got really like cool electronic music stuff going on. Really cool little thing. I'm all for that. Nice. Yeah. Now you review something. I'm gonna go back to drinking my whiskey and Pepsi. Okay. Yeah. You get you get drunk. That's that's gonna help our cohesion. I need to cool down. He's cool down. It's so hot. It's so hot. It's so hot. You've been uh, drinking milkshakes as well. What I'm thinking about right now is I'm lying back on my bed and I can feel like the sweat just seeping into the pillow. That's gross. And I'm gonna have to sleep on that later. That's fucking gross. Know. Do you know what's even more gross? What? Swamp balls. I've got Swamp them. Balls. They oh. are brewing some frogs. I've got fucking Tallahassee balls. Right? Oh, I haven't got any talc. That's fine. I don't need talc. I'm just going to absorb it. It just means I have to drink more because I'm going to be watered down a little bit. 
All right, so I'm going to review this week. My review number two is. Uh, oh, what did you? Uh, yeah, number two. What did you rate your? Where have I ever rated anything? It's true. Would you recommend it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's a free thing. I can't really. Okay, look, it. don't say that because that reduces its value to people. Um, all right, so Fallout Shelter is my next review, which is a game that recently came to Android. That's free. It is free. It's absolutely free. You can find it on iOS and or Android. Um, there is also talks of it coming to Windows Phone, but I don't know yet. So sorry again, Microsoft customers, but you're being fucked in the ass. Yeah, they're always the third. Let's face it, they're third world citizens, man. Oh, I don't know about that. I packed away my Windows Phone I had the other day. I went, oh, I've still got that. <laughs> Just said online. It was a. Um, I don't. Well, the thing is, apparently they, they're notorious for not wiping your data off when you clean them. No, no, so I'm not too keen on that and I'd have to charge it up and then clean it yeah. I don't think I've ever cared about that shit um, but Fallout Shelter it's a very simple design you essentially start off with a few people and a building it's a it's a two dimensional building that has 3D elements so you can see deeper into the roof it looks but you a have, hell of a lot like the XCOM it looks a lot like base. the XCOM base idea and building building. but it's all I'm going to sound like I'm really far away <laughs> you are you're going to sound like you're in another room I'm measuring high enough yeah it's fine um <laughs> What you do is you build rooms to uh, meet and facilitate the needs of your people. Then you put people that have specific stats that complement those rooms in each room. It's all free. You can get new followers by building a radio room once you've got 20, so on and so forth. The mechanics are very simple and they're something that we've all seen before. The one thing that this does better than anything else, it's not sinister. Yeah. There's no background, you should buy this. There's no adverts infringing on your gameplay. There's no, you need this, buy this. Mm. You... You know, you're going to war and all this shit. Like, there's none of that. If you can't do something, eventually it will go away and then all you do is damage control. If bandits come and take over your base and steal some of your food, you just leave it for a little while. Once the bandits are gone, you just start rebuilding, working actually, towards a goal. Can you actually play it for a decent amount of time? Oh, yeah. you can. It's you not can, like Simpsons tapped out I've, where you tap four things and then <laughs> wait a day. I've put an hour into this because everything is constantly refreshing. If you put the right people in a room, you get new resources every minute and a half. And those resources go towards everyone's happiness. If you keep everybody's happiness higher, you get a bonus to each of your resource rooms. Hmm. Every so often you get something called a lunchbox. Lunchboxes contain weapons or bonus caps, which is obviously the currency from the games. All special characters from the games that you can have in your environment. They have boosts and things like that. Sweet. You can send people out into the wastelands and they wander and you get a little text-based adventure that they're going on. So you're like, oh, I've just seen a savage dog. I killed it. 2 XP or 20 XP <laughs> or whatever. And then like you can recall them after hours and hours and hours. And it's really nice, really cohesive. It all works quite well. You can buy stuff. If you want to buy lunch boxes instead of earning them by doing daily objectives, you can do. But the daily objectives take you 10 minutes to clear and you get bonuses. So it's like, just get them done. Yeah. Um, there's like a slightly sexist tinge to it that's a bit weird for me because I don't usually pick up on this stuff quite as much as other people. I know that Tumblr's famous for finding just the tiniest thing to attack <laughs> yeah. when it comes to sexism. But um, if you put a man and a room, woman in like a... They have these rooms that are just like restrooms. So if you get someone who's tired or they're upset, you can put them in a room with another character and they'll talk out and they'll put their mood up a little bit. Yeah. Um, if you put a man and a woman in that room, they'll almost always have a baby. They'll almost <laughs> always fuck. I don't know if it's like Stockholm Syndrome of being stuck in the shelter together and not being able to leave unless you're told to. But they yeah, always like fuck and there was always... It's just so weird. And also, the man goes straight back to work while the woman wanders, wanders around for a little while with this massive bowl which is just like, oh, what am I going to do? They don't sort it out then because a lot of people said they basically were building farms for... Yeah, people. <laughs> for pregnant. Yeah. Like. So weird. But, um, but I mean, other than that, there's nothing that I really say that was sinister about it. That was a bit silly and I think that's just a decision on the developer's behalf that wasn't fought out. Hmm. I think that if you want people to have children, you should get people with the same charisma level and do it that way because that balances out more. So if you've got yeah. someone who's a one and then another one, they can go together. Or if you've got someone who's one... Or make it something you have to earn yeah. like rather than it just happening. Yeah, like if you've got two people working in a room together and they're doing the same thing. Or if you've got one person working in a kitchen up floor and then one person working in a kitchen on the bottom floor and you get them together and they're like, oh, you work in the kitchen as well? How strange! And get like a bit of dialogue going. Mm. But it is clearly a thing cobbled together to match the release of Fallout 4 and all the hype and all the yeah. all the advertising. And for that, it works really well. I mean, it, all it did was it made me really want to play Fallout New Vegas again, which I started doing. Yeah. And Fallout New Vegas is still a great game. Yeah, still buggy as hell. No, it's actually fine now. Yeah. And also, one nice thing is, because I've got my 4K TV, which I reviewed last episode, Critical Apocalypse, episode 22, go and find yeah, it. Yeah, go look for it. Uh, because, I, because I've got a 4K TV now, I can play New Vegas in 4K. 
That's worthwhile. <laughs> Which means nothing because there's there's loads of mods for like graphics and stuff, which yeah. I've installed, but it still looks like a PS3 game blown up to a really look, sharp. The, the thing is, in Fallout New Vegas, it looks like an early PS3 game. It's not yeah. really pretty. It's the same. It's the same engine as Fallout 3, isn't it? Yeah. Same engine as Oblivion. Do you want to know how old Fallout 3 makes me feel? No. Fallout 3 came out and not game Game Station. Yeah. Do you remember Game they Station? Don't exist anymore. Game Station that were in shoe zone in Woking had an offer oh, yeah. where you could get That's Fallout 3 zone. for 20 quid Yeah, on release and I was like holy shit I'm going to buy this straight away played it for hours and then like the week after it was like Fallout 3 pre-owned £10 I was like what the fuck am I doing <laughs> and then I bought all the add-ons as well and then they released Fallout 3 fucking Game of the Year edition for £25 and you had all the add-ons that I'd spent 40 quid on I miss the old days when that game station was a electronics boutique. Oh yeah, and there was an electronics boutique where game is in the town centre. Yeah, in the Peacocks. It's all gone. Yeah, it's all, all What's gone. What's really sad is uh, Game Station used to sell so many retro games. Yeah, they had like literally two. Do you know what they actually like, did with what? those games? They actually boxed them up and sent them off to a tip to be destroyed. Like my mate, um, that's Luton. super yeah. depressing. But um, apparently, the Game Station guys would basically let their staff buy the boxes of games if they wanted to, but anything wasn't brought, they're just like. Chuck off into a tip, be destroyed. Fuck, Fuck shit, those games. Like I got a secret mana there that could have ended up in a tip at some point. That's super depressing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, Fallout Shelter. I'd recommend it. It gets a uh, gets a Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Ooh. Yeah, it's a bit of fun every so often. Sometimes it does something of note, but every so often you get a bit of a green Green Lantern feel to it. <laughs> so the quality dips. But I mean, as long as you, as long as you, you know, you play it for like even fifteen minutes a day, I don't think you'll need to worry too much. Yeah. Cool. Uh, my next review, lovely, will be a. What, what um, key was that? I don't know the key of what's. I don't know the key of awesome. Um, I'm going to review a mobile phone game as well. What are you going to review? I'm going to review Pac-Man Two Five Six, the latest game from. Was it? Wait, is this the Two Hundred Fifty Six version that's sequel to Pac-Man? Yeah, pretty much. Um, is this is this because I reviewed Pixels last week? Last time. Well, no, this is just because it came out this week. Is it based on pixels? It. No. Do you drive a car? No. Is the car the ghost? No. Is Adam Sandler the pig? No. Ah, oh, random Sandler! Hey, how's it going? Nothing to do with pixels. Hey, guess what? I'm hanging out with Peter Dinklage. That's I'm not what Adam Sandler sounds about, like. I'm not even making a joke about his size. Adam <laughs> Sandler sounds more just like a wet fart. Hey, hey, look at this fat guy falling over. <laughs> look, they're different because their skin's a different color. Yeah. Women are objects. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah Pac-Man 256 is basically do you know what the 256th glitch was on Pac-Man that Peter Dinklage knew cheat codes and could no. travel across spaces no. of on, time on the original boards of Pac-Man the arcade game when you got yeah. to level 256 the game's RAM would fuck up and half the level would completely glitch out and be a mess and you wouldn't be able to travel across to it Okay. Um, Pac-Man 256 is basically an endless runner Pac-Man where you're going through a maze collecting the dots yeah. and you're being chased by the 256 glitch that's okay. ripping apart the level. Um, they've got a couple new ghosts in it. Like, there's one that's got glitches going on in it all over the place, and you leave, like, glitch pads butts behind. Yeah. Um, you get new power-ups and stuff like that, so you don't just have the power pill. Um, when you eat the power pill, that lasts for a certain amount of time. You can see it draining down, but if you collect another pill along the way, it'll boost it back up a little bit and things like that. Um, it's a free-to-play game as well, by the way. Um, ghosts seem to have more defined behaviour patterns than the old ones. Like, if you know how the old ghosts work, yes. some would always take a left turn at certain points, some would always chase you like crazy. There's Some of these are different. One of them will race really after you, but it's slow to turn, so you have to keep making turns to try and avoid it, and it would eventually give up. Um, there's one that's always asleep, and it won't wake up unless you get near it, mm. things like that. Um, but it's basically an endless run. You have an isometric Pac-Man field to race through and you can still disappear out the sides and come out the other end which you can't always see the other side of the map so okay. sometimes you'll go through it and you'll run the risk of running straight into a ghost or a um, glitch and the more pills you collect the higher your multiplier goes okay. so if you collect them in a row if you break up at any point like if you change direction your streak will go yeah. I think the best I've managed is about 200 and something pills in one run but um, it's a really smart design game made by um, Hippopotamus Games the guys made Crossy Road those guys Crossy Road was a massive sensation. You must have played it. The one with the chicken on the icon. Yeah, it was a Frogger clone. Yeah, I didn't play that. Um, it's a very smart. Frog, endless Runner Frogger, basically. Um, so like, uh, like Endless Runners. Yeah, but um, Endless Runners is what it's what you play on mobile phone games, isn't it? Um, one thing that's quite cool in it, um, with the power ups, like I was saying, you don't just have the power pills. Um, my favourite power up is the laser. 
Like when you get it, a massive laser beam fires out of Pac-Man's mouth towards when just goes straight towards the next wall that's in the way. So you can just blast ghosts to pieces nice. as you go along. Um, but you get stuff like freezes and bombs and stuff like that. And there's a tornado thing as well. Um, Speaking of freezer, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's a really smartly made little game. You have your energy system is your credits. Yep. Whenever you play around, if you die, you can put another credit and you can only do that once in a game. So you only have so at the most you're gonna use two credits for one run. Um and they regenerate over time. But what's quite cool with it is that when you run out of credits it doesn't stop you playing. Okay. You can just play the game without the power ups. Yeah. Um so you can just keep playing away like that, which is quite cool. Let's you play it so while you're waiting for the credits to return. Yeah. Um but it's a really nicely thought out game. Plays really smooth. You just swipe left, right, up and down to change Pac-Man's direction. Are there adverts? Um, no, nothing I've seen so far. That's cool. Yeah. Um, the art design is like a three-dimensional pixels thing. Kind of like 3D dot game heroes and uh, Rikon Dungeon, Cube and Cube World and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Sort of three-dimensional sprites. Um, really nicely thought out game. I'm quite enjoying it. That's it's good. really simple. I think they could do some different modes to it. I think that'd be quite cool, but that's the sort of thing they might update later. So might add it in. Yeah, I'm liking it. Well worth it. And it's free. Well, it's well worth free. Yeah, that's yeah. two free things. That three free true. things we've talked about so far. Free free? Yeah. 33? We're talk- teaching you all about all the free stuff. We're giving you free entertainment. We really are. It's kind of nice, isn't it? Yeah. Because this podcast is free, so it's four free things. Yeah, I should charge for the podcast. Let's never do that. That would help our never viewership. Do. No, because no one would want to listen. Mm. Well, that does add value. Yeah. And we need value. Maybe we've got Fork Parker in charge of all our <laughs> value propositions. I think if maybe Chris Hemsworth managed us. That'd be nice. Anyway, you review your next thing. I'll review my next thing. My next thing is Fantastic Four. Oh, shit. Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. No, Fantastic Four. The new Fantastic Roger Four. Roger Corman film. No, the new Fantastic Four. I thought you were going to talk um, about the good one. Fantastic Four, or as I like to call it, Miles Teller, the show. No, <laughs> Jamie Bell, the show. No, um, Bellends. Um, it's a pretty good... Pretty good film. No, it's not. It's it's interesting. It's really hard to recommend this one because unless you've watched The Fly sixty times like myself or any other body horror film sixty times like myself, then you'll end up um, hating it. I think there are tinges <laughs> of something great in there, but they are hidden in piles of shit. Um, low budget things that don't need to be low budget, and then high budget things that blur the line between the low and the high. Um, I understand that there was a lot of issue with this film behind scenes in which Josh Trank didn't get on with Miles Teller and Miles Teller has apparently got a very sarcastic sense of humour and he butted heads with Josh Trank but that's all hearsay and conjecture I don't know if that's true um, all I would say is that go into the film with a pinch of salt to throw over your shoulder at the people behind you complaining about the fucking movie <laughs> um, it's it's fine it's the story of the Fantastic Four they all get powers it's the ultimate Fantastic Four it's not the spaceship and space radiation yeah. They don't go into a space microwave and get That's put off the face. They go to an alternative dimension. What's not explained in the film very well, and what is explained better in the comics, are that when you go to the alternative dimension, you don't travel through dimensions as you would imagine a car travels down a road. You would travel through dimensions as in a projector travels through frames. So it constantly change you with the person that's in that dimension that's the version of you from that yeah. space. So if you were to go to a planet that was entirely rock, and the people were rock, and they ate rocks, that version of you would be a rock monster man. If you went to a version of the planet where you need to stretch to survive, and people lived in trees mostly, you would become a stretchy person, or at least that would be the person that lives there. You would change places with that person. You would occupy their dimensional space. Hmm. The story of Fantastic Four, Ultimate Fantastic Four, as it were, is that Toby Kimmel's character messes with a machine, causes it to trade their particles are the particles of that universe so that they become the character that would be personified in that world. So that's why the thing is made out of rock. Green goo on them in the film. In the film... That's in, what matters. Yeah. It doesn't in, matter what's in the comic. In the film, the ultimate Fantastic Four, they, they essentially get green goo on them. Toby Kimmel plays a character, um, Victor Von Doom. Toby Kibble? Yeah. Kibble. Toby Kibble. Kibble. You're thinking of Toby Kibble, Jimmy Kimmel. It's Toby Kibble. 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 You carry on, I'll correct this. Okay, <laughs> so um, all the characters go to this... Inter- they, uh, firstly, it starts off a really nice 40-minute setup in which um, Reed Richards is shown to have great intellect. 40 minutes? Great intellect. 
Um, he's friends with Ben Grimm, who's this rough character who's a bit stronger than him. More like a guardian than anything uh, else. Toby Kebble. No, you win. <laughs> <laughs> Victor Von Doom. So, yeah, they, uh, they're they best friends, and they go to a science fair with this teleportation device, and the teacher's like, where's the car? in it? Yeah. I can't take him seriously in anything ever since friggin' Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I would say, um, oh brother, we're out there. <laughs> True, yeah, yeah. yeah. His face explodes. <laughs> Um, nice but yeah so yeah really nice 40 minute setup in which all characters are defined and you get their traits and you get their relationships and you sort of get an idea of who they are um, and and it's just decent and then you get to the 40 minute mark they all get drunk and they all act like teenagers and they decide that they're going to go into the machine because that's, that's fair enough because that's what teenagers would do they're told that NASA want to take over the project and now that it works they want to send actual astronauts over there instead of sending these teenage kids because that was their plan they were really hopeful they'd get to go there yeah, like the uh, Toby Kebble has been charting this whole environment, but he's never been able to travel there. He's been able to send stuff there, but never bring it back, and never really go there. So now that Miles Teller has come along with this technology, they match their technologies together, and they're able to travel to this dimension. And Toby Kebble just wants to go. He just wants to see this beautiful alien environment that he's seen through the camera. Obviously, it fucks up. They get drunk, they go there, they try and take a sample. First, they try and put a flag in the ground, and it turns out that the, the plates of the universe there are different. When they put the, the thing in the ground, it cracks the Earth. There's this energy constantly bellowing from the bottom of the Earth. God, that's sucking a meteorite hit. Yeah. There's, <laughs> that, there must not be meteorites in this environment, because there doesn't seem to be gravity. Sat on the ground. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be gravity. It seems like if a meteor hit it, it would just continue travelling. Like, the energy would disperse from that section. Yeah. It would travel. Um... Which would make it really weird if they got hit by a meter right before they actually got to travel there. They were like, oh, it's fine this week. And then they traveled to space. <laughs> this is where we are now. Um, but anyway, so they puncture the, punch the earth and it starts cracking and all this energy starts coming out and it causes this massive pool to open up. Um, Toby Kimmel wants to take like a sample of the pool, but then everything starts collapsing further. So I think it's like a, it's like a sun, so it condenses yeah. that section. Toby Kimmel falls and uh, Miles tries to save him, but sadly... The fucking. The you can just call him by the character names. Victor Von Doom uh, falls into the. They don't mention his name in the film, do they? They do. Because apparently, apparently they. Uh, no, no, they do. Loads. His name, it's like looks like it's overdubbed. No, because his name was Victor Domashev yeah. in the original script. They call him Victor Von Doom. Yeah. A lot, yeah. Um, what about Kate Myers? My mate was saying that Kate Myers' wig keeps changing. Oh, the wig is it's incredible. That's going to yeah. be another. That, we'll get to that in a second. And also, Miles Teller's face. He looks older. Yeah. I don't know how, but he looks a lot older in some scenes. <laughs> well, do you think they filmed part of it before Whiplash and part of it after? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, um, yeah, so Victor Von Doom gets left behind and everybody else travels back. And in travelling back, they get covered in this goo. Um, yeah. Reed Richards manages not, manages not to get much on him. Um, Johnny Storm, in his um, in his tank, as he gets the goo on him, it sets on fire his tank because it starts decompressing. Yeah. So he's set on fire with all this goo over him, which is where he gets the firepower. And um, and Ben Grimm, as he's getting into his tank, it's splashed on his back. And then for some reason, rocks are propelled towards him. They keep sticking to him. Yeah. Um, and then Reed, I think Reed's trying to reach for something or some shit like that. Some, it's, it's just a that bit of a mess. That was the thing in the Brett Ratner films, wasn't yeah. it? Reed's always trying to reach for things. Yeah. It's like... It's a bit of a mess. Really? Bit of a mess, that part. But <laughs> the other two, it makes sense. Like, you know, it's just a circumstance that causes their powers. Yeah. And as they're coming through... Um, is it, is it, which Mara is it? It's Kate Mara, isn't it? Yeah. Kate Mara's splash of it, she gets the invisibility powers, but she also has the, boof, the powers to expand force stuff and force fields and shit. Um, and that's where it gets really strange. They're all put in these chairs, and there's a really nice shot in which um, Reed is waking up, and they're like, Reed, can you hear us? And he's like, I can hear you. I'm so thirsty. I feel crappy. Can you move your finger for us? He's like, okay. And there's a really clever camera trick that makes his arm look the same length. Yeah. So it's shot from down. It's just perspective. Yeah. And he's trying to move his hand. And he can't. He goes, what's what's wrong with me? And then like it zooms along the arm and you see that it's longer than it should be. And he's just in these suspenders. They've just like got him suspended or stretched out where his body's not going back together. Yeah. And he can't pull it back together. <laughs> and then you've got the other characters in their environments, obviously, yeah. you know, different functions, uh, different powers. So Reed has to escape his chamber, so he's stretched along. And there's actually, again, a really nice shot where he sees Ben, and he's like, Ben, are you okay? And Ben can't break out of his like the rocks that are forming over his skin. Yeah. So he's trapped in there. And he's like, Reed, can you save me? Like, help me. He goes, I'm going to go get help. I'll come back for you, buddy. And as he's going along with Great, you see his body take much longer than it should, stretching along where he still can't pull himself together. Mm. And there's a nice bit of body horror. It almost reminded me of the X-Files and Tombs. You remember Tombs? Yeah. The liver-eating guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, almost reminded me of that. Doug Hutchinson. Yeah, nice shot. And it really, really reminded me of that. And then it all fucks up. Goes to a year later, 
And it's sort of a really... It feels like another director takes over. It feels like someone emulating the first half. There was loads of stuff they filmed that was cut, like the Fantastic Car was in. Yeah, the, the Fantastic Car was filmed. Yeah, never not in, the in there. Apparently, it's in the background of one shot, yeah. like because they couldn't really get around it. Yeah, not in there. Um, you've got Ben Grimm had an action scene in which he was taking on Chechen and Rebels. Rebels. Yeah, that's not that's in the trailer. Not it's in cut the film. out. Yeah, yeah, it's they've just got it on like a video monitor in the background. They're like, oh, he has a hundred percent success rate. Is it one of those things where it's like, here's a thing that happened earlier? Yeah, we happened to film it like a film would be filmed. Yeah, but apparently the original scene was that Ben was teleported. To that area by accident, hmm. and then they brought him back afterwards, and he was all rocky. But they shot the rock scene with him stretching. Hmm. Who knows? Who knows? His voice is just Jamie Bell's voice. He doesn't it's have a... deeper. It's a little bit deeper. Yeah. He needs to have fun. like rocky, gravelly sounding voice. Because no, just... as much as that Brett Ratner film sucked, Michael Chilkis was the right guy to be Ben Grimm. I oh yeah, thinking. I just don't think it should have been prosthetics. They should have done a mixture. Yeah. Like yeah, but then again, at the time, two thousand seven wasn't it? Or something yeah, like? but that was after X Men two. And it was that sort of thing. Prosthetics plus CGI wasn't really a thing that was done. It wasn't until Pirates of the Caribbean second film came along and really oh, yeah, did yeah. that. Because fucking David Jones is one of the Great. best special effects. Well, ever. that was two thousand five. Was it? Yeah, it must have been. No, it's later than that. No, because the first one was two thousand one. Was it? Yeah. Shit, man. Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean one was two thousand. First Pirates of the Caribbean film I still regard as one of the best action adventure films ever made. It's like, a good film. I actually. love that film. And it's uh, got real, well realized characters. Yeah. That fight scene in the but uh, it doesn't go too far with its no. supernatural stuff. The blacksmith fight scene in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. is actually great. Yeah. And then they do it again in the second one. I was like, what are you fucking doing? Look at this shit. This is awful. Um, but anyway, so um, oh yeah, so back to the Fantastic Four. Reed oh, Richards. Uh, Reed Richards is using his powers to change his face. He's using his rubber power to control the particles in his face to make him look different. That's in the comics. He can do that. But in the Ultimate Universe, he's like a, basically a sack with floating organs inside, yeah. isn't he? He isn't yeah. a human anymore. Yeah. He is just like he controls every single particle in his body. Yeah. And as long as it's together, he can control it in a way that stretches him out and things like that. He's very conscious of every element of his body. But instead of organs, he has a hole that goes down into his stomach that uses air to power his body. He doesn't have food, he doesn't sleep, he doesn't do anything anymore. He can expand his brain to make his higher functions better. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. And he doesn't consider himself human. He becomes a villain in the later version of the mm. Ultimate Universe. He becomes Doctor Doom at one point in the... Com- was that in the old 616 No, that's the old, old ones, yeah. He, um, he doesn't become Doctor Doom. He changes places with Doctor Doom. Because yeah. Doctor Doom discovers that Reed is the ultimate scientific mind. There's no way to beat him. So he takes up the magical arts to try and fuck with him. And that's obviously Reed Richards can't comprehend magic. That's fucking crazy. That doesn't exist. Yeah. And so he goes and he, he tries to beat him with science against his magic. Um, anyway, uh, Fantastic Four is really hard to recommend, but it's really hard to really write it off. I liked it. I liked it a fair bit. That It's such a mess, though. Yeah. It's a steaming pile of mess. Really, Myra's wig is fucking distracting at one point as well. Because it's just like, so it changed, like, oh, hey, Reed, what? Why are you wearing an afro over her other hair? Why is your hair so big? But, uh, you know, that's, that's part of the studio thing. I'd like to see the 2014 version. I'd like to go back a year and Josh Trank's version just be released because it didn't test well. So they changed a bunch of shit and they did loads of reshoots. So I reckon that there's a good version of this somewhere. I reckon there's a body horror David Cronenberg-esque version of this <coughs> sitting somewhere waiting to be released, but they won't release it ever. They'll yeah. deny that they made a mistake. It's Fox, man. Cunt. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm holding out hope for the Deadpool film, but there's that Fox stink that can always fuck up anything. You see, the thing, the Deadpool film feels like Deadpool in yeah. the trailers. The Fantastic Four film didn't feel like Fantastic yeah. Four in the trailers. It looked interesting. There's part of me it's like the last two X-Men... Actually, I, I, to be honest, I consider the Wolverine pretty decent. The last few X-Men films have been... Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, Wolverine. Yeah. I actually really like Wolverine. I enjoyed Wolverine. the shit out of it. It's Although not I hate the villain at the end. The finale, yeah. The finale's yeah. Fine. Another fight in a uh, um, science lab. Yeah. Jesus, but um, I really would. They liked... were really good, but I still don't trust Fox. Yeah, because they hide Brett Ratner. Yeah, they hide Brett Ratner and they hide Tim Story. Like Tim Story did the Fantastic Four, not Brett Ratner. Brett Ratner did X Men Three. Did you know that the uh, script for this was originally written by the guy who wrote Chronicle, Max Landis? Mm. And the Max Landis script, script as stupid as it sounds, started out with them building uh, building a rocket. Out of yeah. car parts and nice. all this leftover shit and trying to launch it in space and then meeting the space radiation by accident because they just <laughs> went too far the propulsion was too good because yeah. Reed Richards obviously was still a great scientist and they're all friends to begin with so mm. 
Susan Storm and her brother could have still been it's uh, like, Doctor it's stuff. weird to me though is that when I look at this Fantastic Four it doesn't look like Fantastic Four to me and the Tim Story film looks more like Fantastic Four to me than that does do you know what's really weird for me hmm. is the fact that Miles Teller in the poster doesn't look like Miles Teller in real life. Oh no, they made his face longer, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, made his face longer. They got yeah. rid of his scars. And they called like... a friggin' um, who was it? Who's the one who got a body oh, completely Ke- changed? Uh, Ke- Kira Knightley and King yeah. Arthur. Yeah, yeah, made her tits bigger. What the fuck is that? Fake boobs. Them? I don't get it. Like, why would people? Why do people really sincerely think that we don't know what these actors <laughs> look like at this point? Miles Teller is one of the biggest names in young actors coming up from Hollywood. You look at Whiplash, which was an Oscar-nominated drama. Yeah. The Great Nothing... No, not The Great Nothing. Um, uh, fucking... Um, oh, that stupid Insurgents film. The fucking... He's in so much shit. Yeah. And there are people that are genuinely like, oh, we need to make his face longer because people won't recognise him. Well, it's girls like- prefer longer faces, apparently. Well, on fucking posters. On yeah. something they can't interact they find with it on more a physical attractive. plane. They decide that that's... Bojack Horseman tests very highly with hot... <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of ladies getting wet yeah. to Bojack Horseman. And they all wish they were Sarah Jessica Parker, so that explains everything, don't they? Yeah. They like um, long faces. I would say that Fantastic Four is... It's not a success, I wouldn't say. No, it's not. I think it's made. It's going to make its money back. It ends with another big old blue laser being shot into the sky, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fed up with that. Can we stop doing that in films? I bet you X-Men Apocalypse has that. No, X-Men Apocalypse had the virus. Nanotech virus. I don't know. Have you seen X-Men Apocalypse? Yeah, he looks like Ivan News. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to watch a Power Rangers movie now. Oh, yeah. I actually have been considering that for the past few weeks. It's on Netflix. It's in HD as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the one with the, the, one with the listening sticks. Yeah. The one with the sticks that turn into a weapon. I saw it in the cinema twice, man. <laughs> I didn't. That's saw it on video yeah. at my friend's house. When I was Joe's a kid, house. I was like, that film was fucking awesome. Me and my mate Joe watched it on video and I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> this is the greatest thing ever. I got chills when they were like on the big screen. Was, and then the music, the record scratches. I really like the Power Ranger costumes in that film. The way they updated them and made them like the latex with the pots. Oh, yeah, and yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Like the little things, like the lights on the yeah, eyes yeah. lit up and stuff. I thought that was cool. Yeah. But the CGI mon- robots so were bad. terrible. So bad. And the fact they defeat Ivan News by kneeing him in the in yeah. a cock and it's an asteroid yeah uh, anyway. so um, Fantastic Four I give it a I give it a stand by me's dead body down the train tracks nice some people are going to want to see it some people are going to want to poke it with a stick some people are just going to want to look at it for a little bit yeah. but I think everybody should probably give it a chance yeah you know don't give it a long chance don't sit there watching it when you could be doing something more productive but if it's a rainy day and you fancy a superhero film you haven't seen yet chances are you haven't seen this so might as well check it out my favourite staring at a dead body scene is in Brick when he's staring at the girl's dead body in the river in Brick the is a great fucking film yeah Brick is Perfect. classically Brick gets and, um, a Tom Atkins freaking Joseph Gordon-Levitt before he became a superstar that period after Further Up From The Sun before he became a superstar when no one when everybody forgot about him for a couple Manic of years Manic is fucking superb film yeah well worth filming. That's another oh, film even, where he gets um, to paint Sweet De Chanel. Shit, what's the one where he, um, where he plays the... He's gay. He's getting... Um, Don't know. I haven't seen that. He's molested by his gym teacher. Third of all from the sun. Took a very dark turn. <laughs> no, it's got the kid that was in the original Thunderbirds remake. Oh. The blonde kid. From yeah. Funny Games. Yeah. The American remake. <laughs> There wasn't a remake of Funny Games. I'm just going to pretend it wasn't. There was a German... Well, the, the American remake wasn't that bad. Yeah. It was the same fucking film. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's anyway. kind of pointless to make a remake of a film. I should film review just... things. I think you spent about 40 minutes on... Sorry, guys. Yeah, so I um <laughs> I give that a solid dead body. Like, you, as I said, it's going to bring out the inquisitive nature in some people and some people are just going to look at it and go... Ugh. I think when you poke a dead body... It's okay if you poke it and it doesn't move and the skin retracts, but if it's got to that point where you poke it and the stick just goes straight in, mm. that's probably too late to be staring at it. Do you want an obscure reference? Well. Okay. Um, <laughs> according to the rubber bandits, it's good to have a horse instead of a car because a horse scares away ghosts. <laughs> so if ever you're going to poke a dead body, I can only recommend under the advisement of rubber bandits that you take a horse so that the ghost doesn't get you. If you want more instruction on this, please check out the video for Horse in, horse Outside, which is a song about having a horse over a car. Yeah. Informative. That's the bizarre direction. Right, my next review... Very obscure. So I'm saving a big review for the end. Okay. Because um, we're just keeping up with the free-to-play stuff this week. But- I just fired, and it just sat in the back of my trousers. Yeah, you know, like it just got caught in there, and then it was the like, bubble. and it was like, it got a bit of space, and it was like, ah, free! Maybe yeah. I farted a ghost. Yeah, probably. Maybe did. there's a horse outside. Oh, you shat yourself. 
<laughs> You're gonna just find a big old streak of shit up your back. Well, I was hoping that I'd covered that off by just yeah. talking about it. But it's okay because no one gets this far through the podcast, so we can talk about that. I was hoping um, someone scared the poop back inside of me. It's friggin' my next review is a film. Okay. In the form of Edge of Tomorrow, starring um, Thomas Cruise, Thomas Jane, and Emily Smokes a Blunt. <laughs> Emily four twenty for life. You're leaving me hanging. No, but um. It's really quite enjoyable. I missed the first few minutes of it, which I felt bad about, which is why I haven't reviewed it on Film Dump, because I want to sit and watch it from the start, because I kind of, when I review films on Film Dump, I'm kind of really strict about watching the entire thing. I'm not going to be one of these ones who sits there looking at the phone. Yeah. (laughs) Edge of Tomorrow, I just sort of caught from like a couple of minutes in, he was basically going into the first battle, which I think is like five minutes into the film, isn't it? Um, But it's a really solid action film, like with a Groundhog Day esque phone. Basically, in the film, every time he dies, he gets sent back in time to whoa, the day whoa, before whoa, the battle. Whoa, 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 This isn't a plot. You gotta give the plot properly. But that's what happens. He gets every time he dies, he gets sent back in time. You get some blood from an alpha thing alien. He plays an army. Um, he's like an army representative for the media, isn't he? Yeah, but he's a drunk. And, and who cares? Uh, he yeah. goes into battle. He gets put into no, battle. No, 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 no. With no, the bad you're, squad. You're skipping past it. Bill Paxton orders him to go into battle. He's trained to use the guns, but he doesn't do very well. And he accidentally kills an alpha by exploding. Yeah, and the blood gets in him and it makes him go back and in time. I would explain. And he goes back. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but he keeps going back in time every time he dies. And basically, he finds out that Emily Blunt's character, whatever her name was, Stone Cold Bitch or whatever. Yeah, she's hot. Yeah, but I love Emily Blunt. She's been through it before and she experienced it. But one day she didn't. She bled a little bit too long and didn't die straight away, so she didn't get sent back in time. Um. But the basic film's really cool little thing where he's just constantly going over the same thing again and again and fighting the bad guys and becoming better and better at fighting the aliens and formulating the plan and figuring out where to go next and building this plan where he's the one who knows what's happened and what's changed, but the other characters, each time, they have to sort of play catch-up. Yeah. Because they don't know about this. Every time he has to introduce that, it's that. He learns um, key details so they can convince him quicker. Yeah. I like that. It's a really smartly made film. Um Tom Cruise looks a little younger than he has done in recent films, I thought, isn't it? He also has a bit more energy. Yeah. Which usually, is a, usually... He looks a bit old in the Mission Impossible trailers. He looks, he looks like old he's in the last Mission Impossible, which was yeah. before. Yeah, true. Um, but really enjoyable. And when it, I've, it's one of those films where I'm like... Whenever you hear like anime nerds going, American films shouldn't try to adapt anime or manga, because it's think, adapted from a manga comic. Yeah. Um, and they it's always a French say, manga, though. They always say it's like, you can't adapt manga. You can't adapt Japanese art stuff. And I'm like, give me examples of when America has fucked up America anime. Cause Speed Racer? Speed Racer's good. Speed Racer's a fucking good film. Yeah, I like Speed yeah. Racer. <laughs> You've got, what have you got? You've got, it was a critical flop. You've got Dragon Ball Evolution. Terrible. That's it. No. That's like, that's I refuse to believe you. That's it. There's more than that. Think of it. Johnny Mnemonic? Johnny Mnemonic's not a Japanese manga. It was. It was an American book. It's written by friggin' oh, um, the guy did Neuromancer. Um, I'm trying to think now. There's there isn't be... The yeah. only other Japanese comic I can remember that's been turned into a film was Gunhead, which was in the 80s. Um, and that was a very 80s action movie with a robot tank thing. Um, very obscure Tango. B-movie thing. Tank Girl's an American comic. No, it's not. It's it is. Tank Girl's an American comic. It's a very American comic. I thought it was 2008. No, 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 it's not. Mm. It was um, Dark Horse comics. But... um. Yeah, there's no real examples of this. They never give it a try. And this film has all the anime-esque style things. Like, Emily Blunt runs around the place with a giant sword, hacking monsters to pieces. Yeah, she prefers a sword over the guns. That sword is an anime sword. It's an impractically sized meat cleaver sword. Doesn't have a chainsaw on it as well. No, no, but it's just a big old... It's like a giant meat cleaver. Yeah. And she swings around, and it's ridiculous. But that's more practical for her, apparently. And that's a very anime thing to have. Yeah. Um... But yeah, it was a surprisingly good film. It's been out for a couple of years now. I never got around to watching it. And I don't think it helps that they kept making out the name was different. Because the original name was All You Need Is Kill. Yeah. Which I think is a really cool, weird sounding name. Yeah. Edge of Tomorrow is probably a better name to describe the plot because he's always at the Edge of Tomorrow. But confusingly on the box, they've got... (laughs) Live, die, repeat. Yeah. Which everyone now thinks is the name of the film. Yeah. But it's not. That's just because they put the tagline in massive letters and hid Edge of Tomorrow in the corner. Yeah. Um, it's a great looking film as well. Yeah. Aesthetically. Yeah. There's, although it wasn't a massive budget. No, but they had to keep repeating the same day sequences over and shooting them different ways each time, which is a tricky thing to do. Well, it must be cheap on set, though. So. Yeah, true. They <laughs> just all up on beach set. They'd keep well, using... no, they've got four sets, haven't they? They've got the training camp, they've the got beach. the beach. There's they've a dam the... they go to in the forest, the... Thing out in the middle of um, the woods. dam, and then you've got the caravan park. Yeah, yeah. Which is, um, I love the whole chase sequence when they're in the car and there's the 
Remember to unhook the caravan. The back of the caravan. If you don't unhook the caravan, you die. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, no, I definitely unhook the caravan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like the fact there was a little bit of humour. Yeah, it tends to be missing from a lot of. And I love that it had Bill Paxton and Brendan Gleeson in it. Yeah, more both films of really need good. both of them. Yeah, really good. And uh, who was the scientist? It was Re- Reese Ifans. Yeah, Reese Ifans. Yeah, yeah he appears right. in yeah. there. Possibly. Yeah, I can't. Do you remember. think that's linked to the fact he did the five-year engagement and he was just like, "Yeah, I've got a weekend." <laughs> but um, yeah, solid ass film. Yeah, like, it's. Uh, I was really enjoying it. It was like surprising because I tend to Tom Cruise films. I know he's usually delivers some level of decency but never escalates further but this I say was higher than the average level of action when movie was it that he took Scientology because I feel like that's oh, dude, that's the it. 80s that's was like really? yeah that was straight from Days of Thunder and all because that sort of stuff Days of Thunder feels great to me and then you watch Magnolia and he feels like he's given up a little bit or he's changed Magnolia's his... great Magnolia's man. a great film but he just seems to be like I'm just being this character what's the other one he did around the same time as Magnolia the one that's a remake of the Spanish film Oh, Eyes Wide Shut? Yeah. No, not Eyes Wide Shut. That was nice. Um, Cage is called in this. Um, Holy shit, alright, okay, alright. There, there may be a little bit of news breaking on Chris Apocalypse now, yeah, right now. Um, John Hamm has been rumoured to be cast as Negan on the Walking Dead TV show. Really? That's awesome. That's Negan? great, yeah, Negan. But isn't that like... The guy who kills Glenn. Isn't that the guy who's the brother absolute, of... No, he's an absolute psycho. He's the one yeah. who runs the opposite to Woodbury. Yeah, and he has a baseball. But wasn't bat- he the brother of no thingy? Was that another no. character? No, there was no brother of the the governor. The that governor was, had a twin brother. Yeah, in he? the book. Yeah, that was the book that was a prequel to the comics. But yeah, John Hamm is rumored to play Negan, which is an awesome bit of sky. Vanilla that's sky. the film. That's the remake. That was two thousand one. Yeah, that was way after Magnolia. Magnolia was yeah, two yet. years ninety nine. Ah, do you know what I think is a really good film that what? everyone keeps putting down with Tom Cruise? Mission Impossible, the first one. I think that's a damn good spy film. Do you know what though? I, I feel like he do. gives it a bit more when he's in Mission Impossible Two, which is horrible to say. It's a shit film. film. <laughs> so yeah, um, but, but then Mission Impossible, Impossible Three, the first Mission. Oh, I enjoyed Mission Impossible Three. Incredible. Yeah, and I Mission like the Impossible one. Four is awful. I like the fourth one. Hated it. Enjoyed it. It was a big dumb action movie, but it was hated it. Yeah, but fucking, I can't hate Tom Cruise when he's willing to strap himself to the sign of the tallest building in the world and swing himself around it. Yeah, it's just it got the stink of reboot <laughs> because of Jeremy Renner. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy Renner's a bit like a ghost. Stop shoehorning him into everything. Yeah, just stop it. Like, there was like that whole year where he just seemed to be shoehorned yeah. into every other franchise. I bet he's in a Star Trek film eventually. I liked in him. In, I liked him in four, and I was like, oh, that's a bit of Jeremy Renner. Done. Yeah. But blatantly, all his scenes were shot way after everything else in that film no, was done. No, shot at the same time. Well, he wasn't like in the same scenes. There's no I... shot in that film where he is in the same shot as yeah, anyone no, else. Yeah, no, just had the overarching shot over his shoulder. Yeah, like... but blatantly shot later. Like, he shot months later. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it felt like it was all interconnected. It felt like it was a bit more cohesive than mm. that. Yeah. Maybe not. Edge of Tomorrow, watch it. You review a thing. Oh, um, Edge of... side note, for Edge of Tomorrow, if you do have a 4K TV and an upscaling Blu-ray player, it's a really, really good film to showcase your telly. Mm. Yeah, surprisingly so. It's got the same sort of brand of quality that you got from Interstellar. So I enjoyed watching High Def last night. What? And Batman and Robin. <laughs> it's not very good Blu-ray transfer. It's Although the colours are really colourful, good. It's colourful. Yeah, fun, the colours are really good. It's Although really nice to watch a film with colour in it. Every scene that's outside with the Bat- Batmobile racing, yeah, it so looks like much model fucking shots. grain as well. Yeah, <laughs> just, model shots as hell. It looks like model shots on a fucking we home camcorder. The Red Letter Media commentary, and that was funny. Just the fart noise. I had that on Blu-ray as well. Yeah, yeah, that's what we were watching it on. Yeah, it's not not great. Yeah. <laughs> Although uh, Tim Burton's Batman and Batman Returns. Batman Returns is one of my favourite Batman films. Like... I prefer I the first film. Batman. Oh yeah, I know. I understand. They, the animated series actually copied something from that, and they got credited for it. You know yeah. the scene where he's got the two criminals and they're running across the roof. Yeah, the opening and they look back, and there's that white light across their eyes. They yeah. stole it for the opening scene for Batman um, and the animated series, mm. and it's really nicely done. But it came from Tim Burton. Good old Tim Burns. Good old Tim Burns. Uh, okay, so it's my next, my last review. Oh shit! Yeah, we're, we're getting really, close. We're going long, man. It's the final countdown. Do people still watch that YouTube video of the band doing a really bad cover of Final Countdown? Who? Do you remember that YouTube video of the band doing a really bad cover of Final Countdown? But they had the awesome drummer. No, 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 no. Do you remember the best drummer in the world? The guy that went skits on the drum kit? No. And he was awesome. He's like, he's like, he's windmills as he's playing. Oh, um, Every Girl's Crazy. That's the song he plays. Um, my final review is How to Survive on the Xbox One. It is an adequate game. It is absolutely free if you have gold, and I'd recommend people checking it out. I don't think it's that good, but I don't think it's made for me. I am more of a hard, 
hard-edged gamer. I like to play games with this. Is that got the third-person mode in it? Because that was something they added in the PC version. They did it as a separate game. I'm not sure. tried to make it as a separate thing, but it was basically the same game with third-person view. It didn't really play very well. Oh, is that the... Um, yeah, that may be this version. But mm. it's got the top-down version as default. Yeah. Um, it's perfectly adequate as a game. I feel there is an audience for it. It's just not myself. So I'd recommend it to people just to see if you like it. I would give it a Tom Hanks. It has some quality to it, but nowadays... You'll just see it hanging around Julia Roberts. Like I think the zombie games have kind of been a bit shitty because since Dying um, Light was quite good. Not Dying Light. Friggin' what's that other one? Dead the, Rising Three. No, the Mo Xbox Live Arcade one. That was really good. State of Decay. Oh yeah, I've got State of Decay yeah. on the Xbox One. I reviewed it on here before. I gave yeah. it a very strong review. I like it a lot. Damn good zombie game. It's got a lot of consequence to death. Yeah, which I like. And everyone always goes, "Oh, I want an online mode of that," but I wouldn't want an online mode of that. No, it's kind of online already. That's that a leaderboard. At the most, I would say have a persistent world where you and maybe a couple of your friends exist in it yeah. and you've all you know if one of your friends is taking all the um, supplies mm. you might have to go sort him out Phil Mitchell style you have to murk a blood yeah gonna have to murk a blood yeah um, uh, <laughs> speaking big, of murking some bloods you big bad, some guys were on the train you. this morning who are blatantly younger than me and they were talking about how um, they thought the game the rapper was in NWA <laughs> and they were saying when were NWA around oh early 90s they were just gonna go see straight out of Compton and it's what NWA songs you know? Well, they're straight out of Compton. The song by NWA. I'm like, oh, for God's sake. See, the problem is... That I, I shouldn't know more than three black kids about rap then. Yeah. <laughs> See, I have the album Straight Out of Compton. Yeah. And Straight Out of Compton is the best song in that album. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I know more If you want songs. a great 80s rap album, is uh, anything by the Beastie Boys. Hello, Cool J. Friggin Mama said Nokia. Mama said Nokia, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Beastie Boys, Paul's Boutique and... Uh, oh, well... Uh, fuck the one with the plane on the side of the mountain yeah that one um, <laughs> it's been yeah. a long time since I listened to those no it's been a very long time since I it has girls on it yeah girls, girls. all I think about are girls <laughs> um, but yeah no I am um, I find that appalling especially when they listen to people like 50 Cent who is produced by Eminem and Dr. Dre Dr. Dre of NWA I didn't realise Straight Outta Compton was coming out soon because I forgot about Dre <laughs> so yeah. They ain't nothing but a G thing. Oh, yeah. that's a Snoop Dogg song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're watching, watching Batman and Robin. Coolio's got a cameo in that, hasn't he? He does, yeah. 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 In the um, underground like gambling scene where, the, yeah. where it just looks like some neon version of the Warriors where there's like a clockwork orange gang and a punk gang. Do you know what else Coolio has a, has a cameo in? Um, Leprechaun, Back in the Hood. Leprechaun 5, Back in the Hood. <laughs> it's Leprechaun 4. Is it Leprechaun 4? Yeah, Leprechaun 4 is Leprechaun in the Hood. That's the oh, one he's got a cameo Leprechaun 3 is Leprechaun in Space. Yeah. No, Leprechaun, Leprechaun 2 is the one where the guy gets bitten and becomes a Leprechaun and Leprechaun yeah. 1 is Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. But um, Leprechaun in the Hood is the one where there's Leprechaun a bit where in the church and no there's good. the... The gospel thing, and one of the guys goes, "Hey, there's cool, uh, cool <laughs> what is in the door? And he just walks in. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, this is a pretty good sound." Yo, and cousin says, Barry, I've got this awesome sound. Hey, you know that mediocre sound you were looking for? <laughs> it's cousin Barry, oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah, oh uh, yeah. So you're done. Uh, yeah, no, I um, survived. How to survive? Tom Atkins, uh, Tom Hanks, not Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins is the highest regard I hold any film. In. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's um, it's fine. It isn't spectacular, but it's free. So. I remember watching Jim Sterling playing, and it felt a little bit like one of those games where they just sort of plonked things in. And it kind of feels like a game that was intended to be used, intended to be played with a mouse. Yeah, and just a mouse. Yeah, like no other. You didn't need a keyboard or anything. PC games, man. Yeah, like you could essentially use the mouse to move. Who plays to PC attack. only games nowadays? And then you could use the scroll wheel to go through your inventory. And if you'd want to change inventories, you just press the scroll wheel in. Hmm. And then that's the whole game. And right click to use. See, I can't do that on my mouse. If I click my scroll wheel in, it unlocks the wheel. <laughs> it's a weird mouse. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, my Help last review. Tom Hanks. My last review it's is free. the big oh, game of the month. The big game. It's a free to play game. We've given out all sorts of free information this week. Free Rocket stuff. Rocket League? No. Because so we did Rocket League last month. That's not free to play. Um, it's Spooky's House of Jump Scares. Oh, the one you do YouTube video. Yeah. Um, I don't tend to do horror videos on my channel because it's... I mean, horror jump scare games are kind of YouTube bait. Yeah. But I watched a bit of the trailer for it and I was like, yeah, I've got Cabin in the Woods on Blu-ray. That was stolen from HMV. So <laughs> Basically, when Cabin in the Woods was released... um doing a segue here, still horror though, whatever. When they released Cabin in the Woods, the Blu-rays didn't have the special features on them. So they sent out replacement discs and no one ever came in to ask for a replacement disc. 
for their Blu-rays. We had to take it off sale for a little while and give... We were supposed to give them out, and no one did. So when we shut our H&V store down, we had a whole pile of those discs. So I just took one, it's along one my... with uh, U-Draw on the PS3 without the tablet and Gran Turismo 5. That's uh, one of my favourite films of 2013. Fucking I saw that in Sweden. Oh, what? Kevin Owens? Yeah. Saw it in Sweden with Swedish subtitles. sorry. Yeah. 2012, that That's was when I, went yeah, to, when I went to Stockholm. One of my favourite yeah. films of 2012. Spooky's House of Jump Scares. Really nice looking film. Yeah. When I saw the trailer for Spooky's House of Jump Scares, I was like, oh, this looks really cutesy and stuff, but there's an odd little dark moment in the trailer. I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I played the game, and you can watch my video. Um, At first, you're wandering around, everything's all cartoony, and it looks kind of like those old Mega Drive uh, dungeon-crawling RPGs where you're going down the corridors and everything's really basic-looking corridors. And when you get a jump scare, it's literally like a cartoon um, octopus or a cartoon slime or something, or skeleton just popping out the wall. Um, the best one is obviously the cartoon tree stump with a smiley face on it. Yeah. Um, but they literally just pop out the wall. And the way they've timed them to pop out early on is just like in this really like, <laughs> there's a little cartoon thing. Eventually, when you get to the end of the... Because you have to work your way through a thousand rooms in the game. And the rooms are split up into 50 room blocks. So every time you go through 50 rooms, you get to save. When you get to the end of the first 50 rooms, those little things that are popping out the wall, they start jumping out at really precise moments to make you jump. Like the perfect moment to distract you. Yeah. Um, And I'm just like, it's using this really well. Then I go into the next 50 rooms and a little way into it, there's like a little green puddle on the floor and it doesn't look like the rest of the graphics. It looks like some proper oozy little puddle and if you step on it, it goes slow. Mm. And every time I went to the door, it's like, you need to have a look around this room. Maybe there's something you've missed. So I'm like, okay. So I look around the room and eventually I find a note. And I start reading the note and it's got this really disturbing message on it because there's been notes before that have all been like, oh, the ink's running out and all this sort of stuff. I don't know how many more of these notes I can write. Yeah. And there's a really disturbing message on it about like blood curdling and all this sort of stuff. And as I turn to head towards the door, there's this weird like floating apparition torso thing with a weird like no eyes and this massive teeth coming for me and it's just chasing me and taking swipes at me and I'm like this is suddenly disturbing <laughs> it's like the moment you turn to see it and you've been in this cartoony game and you've got this thing that looks like it's ripped from like Silent Hill or Project yeah. Zero and you're just like oh shit so you run for the door and this thing now chases you through the different rooms you go to and some of the rooms are like open areas where you've just got a platform that's like a maze you have to run around yeah. so this thing will cut across the maze and come after you um, and then every 50 floors, the scare theme changes. And basically the idea is, as you're working through this, Spooky, the owner of the house, is this little cartoon anime-looking girl. Yeah. She's been experimenting with weird things. And some of the areas, like the second area, I, the, well, the third area I got to was Resident Evil themed. Yeah. And there was all these things in test chambers, and one of them broken. There was, like, clicking noises going on and weird puddles on the ceiling. It's a horror game that looks like a cartoon, but it is easily the most effective horror I've come across in a game. Can you play it using a controller? No, um, keyboard and mouse only, but it's very simple. Sake. It might use a controller, but I just use keyboard and mouse anyway. No. But honest to God, like Alien managed to elicit Alien Isolation managed to elicit some horror from me, but only for a little while when eventually you learn how the alien reacts and it doesn't work so much. Yeah. Like you hide but, behind something as long yeah. as you're a couple of inches but away from the edge. This is constantly changing up how the horror works in the game. Yeah. Um and it is genuinely creepy. Like Five Nights at Freddy's, the jump scare is always your fail state. Yeah. When you know you're going to fail, that jump scare is not so much of a scare anymore. Yeah. That's you know, and if you're Markiplier and you throw your glasses off in a fit when it comes, you're faking it. Like because you know that jump scare is coming by then. You know when you failed in Five Nights at Freddy's when you when you've played it enough. Yeah. This is constant dread. The sound effects in the background they get creepier and weirder. Um. The ambience is just ridiculous. And this is a free game some guy made. And if you look over his previous games, they're the sort of things that you would ignore on Itch.io. They're all weird little mini things. And this is like this genuinely well-crafted, brilliant horror game that he's made. (laughs) Who is the uh, maker of it? I have no idea. I can't remember his name. Fuck. But um, Spooky's House of Jump Scares. The first impressions is that it's a cartoony silliness and it is genuinely brilliant horror. Like, well worth checking out. And it's free. Go Absolutely check it out. zero pennies. Yeah, that's yeah, that's my last review. That's your last review. Yeah, <gasps> we're all out of reviews. Oh shit, balls! Oh, actually, um, side note, <laughs> I bought Slender: The Arrival on Xbox One. Oh fuck those games. Um, it's all right. It's fine. It's good go pick game. up some notes that are on walls. 
Yeah, it's a little game. Yeah. It's nice and easy to get on with. I Did think you it's... hear it in the news about some little girls in Norway, I yeah, think it was, who stabbed, stabbed someone, some saying because Slender Man stabbed told some them girl, to? left her in the woods, and then she managed to get fucking out of the woods and survive. I want to hear the story about the girl who survived. Like, make that into a documentary. That sounds like, basically, a Spit on Your Grave children's edition. Yeah. Spit on Your Grave, less rape. <laughs> well, we don't know that. Yeah. This could have got dark. Yeah. That was Crit Apocalypse. <laughs> Episode 23. If you like the podcast, uh, like, comment, subscribe, let us know. Um, if there's anything you would like us to change, or if there's anything that you feel like we haven't touched on that we should have spoken about. Fuck you, please, we're not going to change it. Please let us know via Twitter, <laughs> or YouTube, or any of the other medias that we use. Where we can mock you. We are available on Twitter as at Crit Apocalypse, at Cinemageddon, and at LV54SpaceMonkey. Um, please, if you do like us, just give us a subscribe because it helps a little bit. Yeah, send us, make, send, send us retro Any games and I might play them on the channel. Ignore Ant, he's begging. <laughs> we don't beg. We just tell you like it is. If anyone's got a copy of Hagane uh, for the SNES and doesn't mind losing the potential 400 quid sale from it, please send it to me. Wait, I'll play was, it for 20 minutes. What was the name of that game? Hagane. Bless you. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> this has been Chris Apocalypse, episode 23. Have a good whatever space of time you inhabit. Happy Eid. Hooray!